Hello and welcome to yet another brand new edition of the BL Connect Account Podcast. I'm your host Hamsini Kartik, and today with me is Kartik Srinivasan, Group Head of Financial Services Rating at ICRA. Kartik is here to talk to us about a very interesting topic in the banking sector, that of retail loans. There are lots of talks about retail loans getting. evergreen the reserve bank of india governor has spoken about banks deploying very innovative measures to evergreen these loans and so on but in terms of numbers they aren't quite reflecting what it is kathik is here to decode to us why numbers are different from all the caution that people are throwing around us and does it really make for a very strong base case for us to get cautious at this time is he reading something in the numbers which we're not able to see just yet Thank you so much, Karthik, for joining me. Hi, Karthik. Welcome again to the Current Account Podcast. It's wonderful having you back. And again, we're going to be touch basing on a topic that uh, is being spoken about widely. And you've also published a very uh, elaborate note on. Let's focus primarily on retail uh, asset quality, retail loans here. That's also a lot of things that we get to hear from the RBI governor, deputy governors, people that we sort of interacted with at uh, the Global FinTech Fest. On the whole, you expect the credit quality to be benign, but There's a very interesting data point that you put out where you said that the expectation in terms of an increased uh, slippages could be higher for private banks in FY24 versus public sector banks how should we read into these numbers what we need to understand over here is the overall trend on the asset quality for both public sector as well as private sector banks we expect that to continue on its improvement trend over the next couple of quarters Mm-hmm. a small nuance that we are expecting uh, the fresh npa generation rate to be marginally higher for private sector banks we we also need to understand that the private sector banks have a higher proportion of retail sme lending as part of their portfolio that portfolio is far more seasoned for them they have been doing uh, unsecured lending digital lending for a slightly longer period as compared to public banks mm-hmm. and for the uh, public banks bulk of their problem came from uh, the the agri portfolio or from the corporate so you know so, so that's something that uh, given the backdrop of the portfolio the numbers may look slightly higher but you also need to understand an and factor that the core operating profitability for the private banks is far far uh, better as compared to public sector banks so while at a gross slippage the numbers could be slightly more but they have the ability to absorb those shocks from their much stronger core operating profitability and by the time you you come to net profitability and net npas we expect their numbers to be uh, remaining as a stand out as compared to to the ones being reported by the public sector banks mm-hmm. I just take a, a cue from what you just said now, Karthik. Uh, um, uh, indeed, that private banks have a more seasoned uh, retail and SME book. They've been doing this business, including digital lending, for a long time. In that case, um, logically, should their ability to handle stress not be much better? Forget the profitability pool part of it, but shouldn't the stress be a lot lesser with private banks? Because what we also subsequently see in your uh, research is that uh, the loan pool of public sector banks is more skewed to prime and below customers, whereas that of 
private banks is more of prime and above prime and super prime customers by definition and by default therefore should the slippages not be a little uh, more benign with private banks vis-a-vis -vis public sector banks it's a question of how you cherry pick your assets and what your risk appetite are also so to to okay. that extent again you know you you don't expect nps to happen immediately as soon as you start extending loans so they will all reflect over a period of time mm. so if you really look at it it's only been the recent past where where the public sector banks have become a bit more aggressive on the retail lending so to 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 that extent when you look at a ratio possibly the numbers the asset quality stress is not yet visible on the current ratios private sector banks have been in this fold for a slightly longer period of time and then they have a fair mix of you know prime plus subprime and super prime kind of a segment they have a fairly more more balanced kind of a portfolio over the last couple of years as compared to public sector banks mm -hmm. I'm also drawing reference to another very interesting chart on SMA data. For private banks, the overall retail SMA from 5.7% in SMA zero basket moves seamlessly to 2.7%. And by the time the 90-day DPD starts, it's 0.9%. How is the reduction here happening? Is it the growth in loan segment that uh, is ensuring that uh, the numbers fall or are these people actually good enough to keep up with their uh, payments uh, that beyond 60, they don't default? Or is there a little bit of, you know, top up, a little bit of uh, flexibility that banks give to these customers that these numbers are in uh, place? I think uh, the trend isn't very different for uh, private banks either. Maybe the ratios are a little lower, but the trend is almost the same. Zero plus is very high. Comparatively, uh, 60 is a little low, 90 is much lower. It's more a question of how the portfolios have grown. One, okay. maybe with the availability of data, clearly last couple of years, we are seeing more focus by the lenders, whether it is public sector banks or, or private banks or NBFCs to look at data and, uh, you know, cherry pick customers. So while mm -hmm. it could be SMA zero kind of a situation, it's also important to note that the banking and the NBFC community have also started using data to proactively monitor clients to, to ensure that they don't become NPAs. Okay. So it's to that extent, uh, you know, it depends on when entities really start chasing up big time. You know, one explanation of, of these charts could really be that Maybe the private sector banks have started chasing the entities or the individual borrowers at 30 plus more rigorously as compared to, to a public sector bank. Because that's the reason why there's been a, a relatively, uh, you know, the, the numbers by the time it comes down to SMA2, it is just about 40 basis points for private and it's about 90 odd basis points for the public sector banks. The trend line is the same, but possibly the extent of follow-up to recover, you know, there could be a difference on that, which is uh, causing uh, a marginal difference between the SMA 1 and 2 numbers for the public and the private banks. But clearly, the data is being used not only for underwriting, but clearly we are seeing a lot of instances where banks are using data to strategize the recovery uh, operations or the recovery model as well on all the loans. Okay. A couple of months back, we had the RBI governor 
in one of the forums call out that you know banks are using very innovative methods to cover up a loan to keep them constant as standard innovative evergreening practices that was the word used there uh, you interact very very detailed very uh, frequently with banks is this something as an issue that you've sort of uh, took cognizance of you've been a little wary about in any of the conversations you've had with banks should we have our antennas up we definitely need to have antennas up lending uh, business is such that you know lend today and how good or bad that decision was you get to know only after a period of time so in other words you know the data always comes with a lag so to that extent one always has to be mindful as to uh, you know how the numbers play out a long term trend definitely helps and then clearly one needs to to have that antennas up in case one is seeing stress in certain pockets and you believe that the particular lender or a bank has a fairly high exposure to a particular geography or particular mm-hmm. segment where for some reason the the numbers are are not really adding up as per your own expectations you definitely need to have your antennas up as far as uh, such instances are concerned but at the same time it's a business call by the lending institutions today the bank balance sheets are much stronger than what they were a couple of years back so it could also be a strategy that we have the capital we have the profitability so can we look at uh, taking some risk in, in certain segments so uh, it could also be a conscious call is what i mean to say while we definitely need to have an antenna up maybe a, a support or a comfort does come from the fact that uh, the balance sheet possibly uh, gives you a little bit flexibility to try out these things and you're not putting everybody at risk uh, at least as of now that that's our uh, assessment okay Fair point. I'll now draw reference to the chart on uh, customer profiling basis credit score. Private banks source more customers who have a prime and above score. Public sector banks source more customers who have prime and below score. And this has been the trend for a very long time. We've seen it across uh, financial stability reports published by the RBI that the bar charts have always looked like this. Yet these numbers are not reflecting so much when we look at individual NPA uh, data as yet. Does this also suggest that over the last 2-3 years in specific the underwriting capabilities the credit assessment and credit monitoring capabilities of public sector banks has really moved up by notches that these numbers are not showing up in an adverse manner on their books what is your sense when you talk to a lot of psp so clearly even the psps have started using data not to okay. to the extent that you know some of the private sector banks or, or some of the, the nbfcs are using but clearly uh, the usage of data for underwriting for monitoring for collections has definitely gone up given the nature of the public sector banks and then their access to the hinterland they they do have a fairly higher proportion of prime to below prime as far as their borrower profile is concerned but uh, possibly with an improving scale of operations and and also improvement on the other aspects in terms of collections are are helping the the entities uh, you know contain on their asset quality numbers historically if you see even on retail assets we we have seen uh, slightly weaker asset quality numbers coming out from from public sector banks as compared to private that mm. trend has is definitely you know one can see some signs of narrowing on on the gap on on those two aspects mm mm-hmm. 
one thing I'm not able to sort of reconcile in terms of numbers, and this is outside the scope of the report, is that the usual belief is that when you target more of subprime and prime customers versus uh, subprime and near prime customers versus prime and above customers, the yield should be higher in the first case compared to the latter case. But what we're seeing on ground is quite different. Private banks ensure that the gap between their yield and that of public sector bank is quite noteworthy, it's significant. Although their customer base is prime and above prime. So how does the whole pricing happen in the sector? Pricing, this is market dependent. You know, what a very simpler way to answer it, one can guess would be Possibly private banks are doing a risk-adjusted pricing and they are able to charge it, whereas uh, public sector banks are yet to evolve on a risk-adjusted pricing kind of a framework. Second, a large part of of the retail lending which public sector banks are doing could also be uh, under various government schemes or or agri-related stuff where the yields are are generally lower as as compared to to Mm. what private uh, sector bank operates and then possibly, uh, you know, the rates that are charged to uh, tier one, tier two markets as as compared to to a tier three, tier four market, which is charged by the other bank. It will be a mix of lot many things, very difficult to give up, you know, a a one or a two point answer out there. Mm -hmm. But um, do you see, I mean, just to conclude on this uh, note, possibly I think it it's going to be a slightly optimistic one. Do you see FY24 from a retail asset perspective to be a, another benign asset quality? Uh, we're not going to see the bubbles that very often we hear from regulators, some market commentators just yet. If you take FY24 as a timeline horizon, we, we are not really expecting any um, bubble on the retail assets, at least in the next six, seven months. The data that we have as of now doesn't seem to suggest. Yes, in certain subsegments, there has been some rise in, in DPDs. But at a entity level, if you were to analyze, we're not really seeing any, any major shock or cause of uh, cause of alarms from a lender or an investor's point of view. Okay. We just expect that you know the, the, the entities continue to maintain the underwriting guardrails that one has tightened over the last few years as long as that's not really diluted asset quality should should definitely hold up at least for the rest of this financial year fair enough and uh, the other interesting thing that you said is that there is no requirement to raise capital in the next 12 18 months on a growth assumption of 12 to 13 percent 12 to 13 percent of growth rate is quite low compared to what we've seen on an average in the last two years which also would it suggest that banks would start getting a little cautious on whom they're going to lend and how much or how they're going to lend, uh, especially in the retail space? Yes and no. The reason I'm saying that is, you know, banks have grown last two years, FI23, possibly FI24 also will be uh, in, in, in teens. The, uh, the reasons were different. For FI23, if you really look at banks dipped into uh, the excess SLR, the ECB market was not great last year. So, so a lot of those channels of funding also moved to the banking system. Despite that, the, the, the credit deposit ratio was, was more than 100%. This year, again, so far, the you know the, the credit has remained fairly robust, but the deposit profile has got a bolstering with, with the 2000 rupee note ban, which has suddenly you know infused 
quite a bit of money into the the deposit profile right. so to that extent it's fine the retail growth has been good again over the last 12 to 18 months largely because the capex borrowing has not really picked up sure so uh, the excess funds which the banks have been having they've been seeing an improvement in their operating uh, profitability credit costs are coming down so they were looking at avenues to expand and grow their balance sheet and retail sme did provide a good platform over the last 12 to 18 months going forward we do expect at some point in the near future the mm-hmm. corporate borrowing would also come back on track so if that were to happen then banks would possibly try to rationalize between do i grow retail sme or do i grow wholesale lending or do i do a combination of both so from that point of view maybe a year year and a half down the line we we could see some uh, some moderation in the overall growth for services and and the retail because these two have been the principal driving force for bank credit over the last 18 months so from that highs the, the numbers could come down but given that india still remains one of the fastest growing um, uh, economies you know historic multiples and also 13 14% should not really be too much of a challenge uh, at least over the medium term to grow any growth higher than that would depend primarily on you know how the the market support for banks deposits do account for over 80 85% of the overall right. liability side of the bank so unless the liabilities the deposit growth picks up it'll be difficult for the banking system to uh, to sort of you know uh, do a higher growth than than what they are currently doing thank you so much for joining in kartik that was that was all the questions that we had for this podcast thank you thank you absolutely with that it's a wrap on this edition of the current account podcast we'll come back to you soon a fortnight from now take care and bye